People are yearning for information. Having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. We are so excited to have Kristen Cofield here of The Culinary Cure. Kristen is a family friend, and we're going to talk about kitchen intervention today. Welcome. But I'm so excited you're here. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. But before we do that, Kristen, we want to know how you got here, how you became interested in kitchen interventions and The Culinary Cure and all of that. So my story is kind of interesting. I had a background, a culinary background that started in high school. I had a fairly traditional trajectory. I went to great schools. I married a great guy. I moved to a great town. I had a successful business catering congressional fundraisers, had three great kids. And then things changed and everything I thought I knew about my life changed. All of a sudden, I was finding myself in a place where I was struggling physically, emotionally, and dealing with that personal tsunami of aging parents, the last kid going off to college, my marriage was in trouble, and I was really at a very low place. The kitchen intervention, which is my signature program with the Culinary Cure, came out of my personal experience because I woke up one day and I realized I, I was so low. I could not live another day the way I had been living my life. I was sad. I had no energy. My first thought was, I cannot wait to go back to sleep. I, you know, how am I going to get through this day? So one day I woke up and I just went into my kitchen and I started going through all the cabinets and getting rid of things that didn't serve me anymore. And it was really a parallel to my life because I needed to get rid of things in my life that were also no longer serving me. Mm -hmm. So the kitchen was my starting point and it was really a transformative experience for me because you would, first of all, you'd be amazed when you start going through your kitchen cabinets, what you find. <laughs> that doesn't serve you. you know. Give us an example. <laughs> well, I would bet everybody's got something frozen in their freezer and they're not sure what it is or how long it's been there. <laughs> true. That's so true. Check, you know, that mystery meat. What is that? <laughs> also in your cabinets, you'd be shocked by how much expired food there is in your cabinets oh, and your refrigerator. And what does that mean? What other things are expired in your life that you're hanging on to that no longer serve you? So I went through this process. It started in my kitchen and it was very empowering. Then I started getting up and going to the gym at 5 a.m. every morning and looking more carefully at how the food I ate gave me energy and mental clarity and helped me sleep. And we all know sleep is like if there's one thing you could be doing better, yes, it's, it's your sleep. sleep. Everybody needs to focus on sleep and creating a healthy sleep environment, a cool, dark room, quiet, mm -hmm. wear earplugs. So then I started going through my entire house and I basically, I started in the kitchen and the next thing my husband knew, our house was on the market. I had been yard sailing for a couple of years and I basically started with my kitchen and rebooted my entire life. 
So if I can do it, anybody can do it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, uh, it's so interesting when you said that your kitchen kind of was reflecting your life and the expired food thing. Because I know just recently I was in my kitchen and I was like, geez, that's expired. And I, I mean, I kind of remember buying it, but it was a year ago. <laughs> right. Oh, geez, that expired in 2014. I yeah. wonder how long like, you can whoa, keep mayonnaise. What's that mean? Yes. <laughs> wow. And really I, interesting. I, I, God forbid how old my spices are. Yeah. The spices. And that's another thing that's so interesting because spices have medicinal benefits. So by adding more spices to the food you cook, you can actually make your food more nutritious. So when I do a kitchen intervention, and I just wrote an article about this, the spices are one of the, that's what I call the low hanging fruit. If there's something you could do today that was like a mini kitchen intervention, you could start with your spices and you can look at expiration dates, but more importantly, if you smell them and you don't smell anything, toss it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, That's right. A good tip. Yeah, right. That's a good tip. And I think what you're saying is as much as you can add in to add nutrition right. and why not? And spices make things taste so much better. So let's even make a better <laughs> analogy there. Let's talk about the things that you get rid of that don't serve you in your kitchen and in your life. And then the things you can be adding in that help you game up. Because that's what we're all trying to do. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about starting where you are and adding healthy things, you know? So tell us more about that. And that is, so I use the term game up because it almost is like a game where you're, okay, I love coffee, but the earlier I drink it, the more I like it. And I like to use it as a tool to get a better workout. So I get up at 4.15, I do a meditation, I drink my warm lemon water. I know that's not for everybody, but it's what I do. And then I make this thing that I call a coffee blast. And I take some iced coffee, some nitro cold brew coffee. Mm -hmm. I add a little bit of almond milk and a dash of maple syrup. And I put that in a mason jar and I shake it up and I drink it. So So that's your cold brew? That's my coffee blast. Sometimes I put cinnamon in there. That takes it up. That's another boost. I've switched out whole milk for almond milk, so I'm getting some benefits there. I'm using just a little bit of maple syrup, so I'm not doing a lot of sweet. So that's something, I'm, and I'm getting all this pleasure, and I'm getting a better workout. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. Like you're saying, you're just taking each segment of the day, something you're doing, and sort of switching it up and gaming it up. Right. Mm. How how can Mm. I take this up? So if this is good, what's better? Mm -hmm. And once you start adopting that as a way of looking at the things you do in your everyday behaviors, this is another thing. Our behaviors are patterns that we have created in Mm -hmm. our lives. So Habitual behaviors are either helping you or hurting you. Mm -hmm. So as we get older, the big challenge is our bodies do less naturally. So we have to do more to help our bodies to Mm -hmm. stay, just to stay where we are. But there are athletes who are in their 90s. And trust me when I tell you, they look at every habit, everything they do every day. They look at it like... 
Will it make the bike go faster? Will it make me lift a heavier weight? So you can take your habitual behaviors and modify them to be these powerful tools to achieving bigger life goals. It's true. It's true. I know that both Trish and I are big exercisers. And I know that if I don't modify what I eat, because in the old days, I would be able to exercise it off. (laughs) And of course, now at 58, almost 59, that is not happening. So to your point of how we need to adjust our habits throughout our life is a critical thing. So when people have bad habits, how do you approach that with them? And that's a really great question because going back to the kitchen intervention, what a kitchen intervention does is create an environment to support your goals, your health and wellness goals. And by creating an environment that puts these wellness choices on automatic, you're more likely to make the right decisions. Right. And people don't realize that they created their behavior patterns, but then those behavior patterns start to control you. And it can be, so we all know, you know, to break a habit, it's really easier to instead of break a habit, to replace a habit. Mm. So if I'm going to replace a Starbucks Frappuccino with my coffee blast, that's an easy thing to do. So when I go into somebody's kitchen, I help them just trade these habits so they don't have to create new habits. Right, they, just, they can just slide into these more mm-hmm. effective habits. Mm-hmm. And also they don't maybe feel deprived of their frappuccino because now they have a coffee blast. Yeah. I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I do hate that. Like I hate it when I have to give something up. Right. All of a sudden it's like, no, I'm not giving that up. Yeah. But if there's something else that's just as nourishing, maybe better, you know, then I love bringing that in. Yeah. And when we talk about food, a lot of foods in people's environments are addictive. Sugar is addictive. Dairy is addictive. Gluten is addictive. Artificial sweeteners skew your ability to taste sweet and become addictive. And so many of these foods, genetically modified foods, artificial ingredients, high carbohydrate, refined carbohydrate foods, change your gut biome, creating these cravings and making it easier for your body to extract more calories from the food you eat and store it as fat. Right. How scary is that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So when you do a kitchen intervention and you get all the right foods in your the kitchen and spices and things, how do you then coach someone to use all of that in the right way? Just like any coach, there is an accountability factor. Before anybody can work with me, I do make them keep a two-week food journal and answer a questionnaire. It's amazing what I learned. It's amazing what people learn about themselves when they're keeping a food journal. They think it's going to be a tool that I'm going to use, but very often people are so enlightened when they start. When you write it down, it's very powerful. Right. And people who want to lose weight or improve their health or have a better overall wellness, if you write it down, you're much more likely to be successful Mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. It reinforces in your mind, 
your subconscious. You've got to get your subconscious on board to help you too. (laughs) So I just think that's so interesting. So people will keep a food journal. I, of course, see things. Most people think they're doing a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. And here's where the breakdown is. People read a lot. They're interested in health. They think they have a good you know, plan. They think they're doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. And then when you get into somebody's kitchen, you see all these things that really are tripping them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how do we then, so then it's a plan where I work with somebody to help them minimize those things. So if you love, I worked with an Asian family recently and they love rice. Rice is a huge part of their culture. They're not going to give rice up. But what we started doing was putting black rice Mm. in these recipes. And it's equal, once you get used to it, it's, it's a little different texture wise, but it's delicious. And it's got all these nutrients in it that white rice doesn't have. Mm -hmm. So I get into the kitchen and it's not just food. It's the cookware. It's the kitchen utensils. Mm. It's taking out about half of what's in somebody's kitchen. Mm. Because think about it. You go to get your wok and you've got to move the waffle iron and the panini maker and the blender. So you need to keep the things you, you should be using every day out easily available so you can get your food on the table as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So there's nothing standing in your way of getting in there and just making your smoothie or get your salad together. Right. Do you talk about, and maybe I'm going ahead of myself, but do you talk about prep too? Like how do you prep and do you suggest, how does that go? Do you suggest a day a week or how does that work? For people who work, it's not a bad idea to make Sunday mm-hmm. your prep day for the week. You really only need four days worth of food. Because Friday, people like to start eating out. And I'm a big fan of a sustainable lifestyle where you eat healthy five days a week and then you let yourself live on the weekends. And that doesn't mean completely, you know, going off the rails, but it does mean living and eating the foods you like and enjoying life. Mm -hmm. Plus, if you've, well, the odds will ever be in your favor because five, you've always got those five days. So you're always getting those three extra days to offset (laughs) the two days. But for most people, they're going to make better decisions on the weekends if they've worked hard all week. That's I think also it kind of goes into your habit forming. So I think that you develop a desire for healthier foods when you're eating healthier foods. I think that's what you're saying. Exactly. You know, and those cravings taste better. Yeah, the cravings kind of go away. Go away. And the almond milk now tastes sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just interesting how when you do get rid of those cravings or particularly the sugar addiction, how other foods can taste extremely sweet. Nuts, all of that. That's so true. And your body naturally recalibrates. Mm -hmm. So you can taste these flavors that are of the foods. And you can also, your body wants to be its healthy weight. Right. Mm -hmm. So your body will naturally start to work with you Mm -hmm. to help you achieve those goals. Right. I often think it's like a river, you know, or a stream going down. It does. It just keeps moving and you could throw things in to pollute it, but it'll keep going and it kind of cleans itself mm-hmm. out on the sides mm-hmm. as long as you keep feeding it better food. Here's an interesting t- statistic. Every 18 minutes, four Americans die from the food they eat. Uh, 
Wow. And, I mean, shocking. Uh, Jamie Oliver gives a wonderful, wonderful TED Talk. And mm-hmm. um, his big area of interest is school food and mm-hmm. making right. sure kids exactly. are getting good nourishment early on. And the fact that people are dying from the food they eat in the United States is terrifying. Yeah. These lifestyle diseases are largely avoidable. Mm-hmm. And so if I told you, if I sat here and said, hey, ladies, I've got this pill. And if you take it, you're going to look great and feel great. And you're not going to have to worry about having disease and you can eat whatever you want. But it's, you know, a million dollars. You would be figuring out how to get that million dollars. But when I say to people, guess what? This is all within your control. Every single day, you make little choices that can help you bulletproof your health, look your best, feel your best, sleep better, and live your best life. Mm -hmm. Most people don't believe you. It seems too easy. And the simple solution to this complicated problem is really in everybody's kitchens. Mm -hmm. It's true. But often I think people are eating the bad things because they're numbing themselves from issues Mm -hmm. that are not related to the food at all, but to their emotional lives. Mm -hmm. And that's true, too. Food is a lot more than just nourishment for your body. I love to eat. My family goes on vacation and we're having coffee talking about what we're going to eat for lunch. And at lunch, we're talking about what we're going to eat for dinner. And then the cycle repeats itself. Food is a big part of family and celebration. It can, and people use it for comfort. And as you said, to numb these other things that are not serving them in their lives. Mm -hmm. And as much as I would love to be able to solve everybody's (laughs) problems, what I can say is that when people start to take control of one thing, one thing that you can control. You can control what you put in your mouth. Right. And there is power in that. There is power in taking back control and not feeling like your life is so out of control. Nobody is holding you hostage, making you eat chemical-laden, processed, genetically modified foods. Right. So you can decide you know what? Enough of this. I want to feel better. You know, I want to have energy. Life is over quick enough. Uh So you better grab every day and live it to the fullest. Mm -hmm. Right. And learn how. And that's why it's so very exciting that you do this kind of work. So say you walked into, well, Doro's Kitchen, not mine, (laughs) because you'd have something to work with. What would you first do? So say we're spending a few minutes right Right. now and you're in our kitchen. So uh, there's two types of kitchen interventions that I do, and they're both effective. It's just some people prefer not to be present when I do a kitchen intervention. I've had people... I've had people playing tug of war. Exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute. I want that candy that was in the pinata. Um, so sometimes people are not present and I do the whole thing. And then we work together and have several sessions where I cook with them and I show them how to, how to use this rebooted kitchen. Mm. It's so, this is what people don't realize. It's so freaking simple. Once you strip it down and simplify it, it's a formula, and it's an easy weekday formula. Your bu- Americans, okay, Americans throw out 
40% of the food they buy. I, believe I so believe that. Yeah. So buy less food, buy better food, buy the best quality food you can afford and eat all the food you buy each week. Mm-hmm. So when you restock yeah. the kitchen yes. with your client, have you prepared menus or how? Yes. Okay. So I will customize an eating plan and I would encourage everybody to go to my website because I have a lot of really great, my recipes, I have a big bit culinary background, but what I, my recipes are, are simple because I know people don't want to spend a lot of time shopping, cooking. They want to spend more time enjoying their food and their company than they do preparing Mm -hmm. it. So my recipes are simple. I reboot people with simple recipes that they can prepare on Sunday or foods they can have on hand that take, that can be, you can go from walking in the door to eating your dinner within an hour. And Mm. that's not working hard. That's just, you know, sort of assembling, reheating. Mm -hmm. It's got to be easy or people won't do it. It's got to be delicious or people don't want to do it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're back in the kitchen. So you've come in and now you've cleaned out. I come in. It's done. It's cleaned out. Right. And then you, whether you do it or I do it Mm -hmm. or with you do it. And then you just restock. You start restocking. I love what you just said. You know, we buy too much food Mm -hmm. and we don't eat it. I'm so guilty of that. And then the ideas of like, do you like those little Debbie bags that you put the bananas and stuff in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you talk mm-hmm. to people about that? Like how you kind of keep your food a little right. longer too? Well, and the reason we buy too much food is because we have this global economy and everybody can eat all their favorite things all the time. So my husband is not allowed to go to Costco and buy food. He has to get a pretty, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. maybe buy the lemons, but no, don't buy, you know, the yeah. chicken or whatever, because it's, I don't really like to use frozen food. So I don't really freeze the food. So it's too much. So the whole idea is to help people provide people with tools for how to use the food they have, Mm -hmm. but you shouldn't buy food that needs to be kept for a long time. Food loses its nutritional benefit over time. So there's a whole formula and it's a much more European way of living buy less, be, you can be a little more spontaneous, but it's got to be delicious. It's got to be easy and it's got to be doable for weeknights. So the kitchen is stripped down, but also the amount of food people are buying is paired way back. You would look in my refrigerator and you would say, oh my God, Kristen, there's no food in here. And I'd say, wait a minute, there's two days worth of food in there. Okay. Yeah. You would look in my refrigerator and think I'm stocking up for like, you know, a year. Yeah. 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 I'm like waiting. Right. Oh my God. You're going to weather the nuclear holocaust. Yeah. Yeah. And your food. God, that does say so much about what's going on in our lives. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Okay. Well, and so much about how people have been educated by the industry too. Mm -hmm. You know, the food industry doesn't mind if you throw out the food you buy. Because right. then you're going to buy more food. Right. And it's also a habit. It is a habit. You're used yeah. to doing that. And mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, so it's true. So you have a family of four, five, six, always friends coming and going. So for many years, that's how we shopped. Right. And now, well, it's just you. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, who's going to eat all that? Right, right. I mean, today, I think I, I soaked dates because I was going to mm-hmm. make this really great uh, brownie recipe, which is walnuts, cacao, and dates. I think I soaked the dates about four months ago when I found They're them. ready like, to go. Dang, <laughs> it was in the back. Had I not had so much stuff. Yeah. 
Anyway, yeah. yeah, it is a habit. And it's just thinking differently. What are some of your favorite easy, healthy mm-hmm. recipes? I just did. I do a wellness segment on Good Morning Washington. Mm-hmm. And I just did a segment on super simple recipes. And one of my favorite recipes, which is on my website, is called Celery, Celery, and Walnut Salad. Mm. And everybody throws out the leaves on their celery. Please don't do that. The leaves (laughs) of any vegetables have more nutrients usually than the root of the vegetable. Mm. So you take the celery, you pull the leaves off, you chop your celery into nice little bits, then you put the leaves in. I use toasted walnuts, which I always keep in a jar, but you can use regular walnuts or almonds Mm -hmm. or whatever nuts you have on hand. I'm a big proponent of using what you have on hand. Do you toast the walnuts yourself? I do. In the oven with olive oil or just Just as they are. They have enough natural oil and you don't want to over toast them because you don't want to change the oil Mm -hmm. in them too much. You still want to get those omega-3 benefits from the walnuts. Mm -hmm. You've got the chopped celery. I've taken a whole, you know, head of celery. I've chopped the celery. I've pulled the leaves off. I've put in these toasted walnuts. And then you make a very simple lemon, olive oil, or if you have walnut oil, you could use that, vinaigrette Mm. and just salt and pepper. It is delicious. Mm. So it's celery chopped up, Mm -hmm. celery leaves chopped Mm. up. Just pulled apart. Just the leaves, because I like the texture difference. And celery is a superfood. You probably don't know this, but celery has fiber. It's got all these phytonutrients. And the thing um, I know about celery, and I don't know if this is true, but like in chewing celery, you burn more calories. What is that? You burn more right. calories than Celery's what it is. great. You burn more calories chewing it than you store That's eating it. it. That's, um, it. That's why I always eat celery. But yeah, okay, so yeah, but it has so much more. So much more. So there's a recipe you can That's... whip up. Here's something else from that segment that I thought was so incredible. Radishes. Radishes. Oh, they've really come back yeah. into fashion. Radishes are in the cruciferous family. So they're in the same family as cabbage and broccoli and cauliflower. The American Cancer Society highly recommends that we add more of these super nutritious cruciferous vegetables into our diets because of the cancer preventing properties that they have. So the poor little radish is usually the ugly stepsister on the crudite platter, but This radish recipe is incredibly delicious, and you can whip this up. It's a non-recipe kind of recipe. Buy the most gorgeous bunch of radishes you can find with the most gorgeous leaves. Okay. And any kinds of radishes. It can be the Easter egg radishes, the typical red ones, the French breakfast radishes. Cut the leaves off and put them, wash them, soak them, because they can be a little sandy. Put those aside. Cut the radishes in half. Toss them with a little bit of olive oil, salt, and pepper. Put them in a 500-degree oven, cut side down on the uh, baking sheet, and bake them. Oh, Mm. wow. So you bake Mm. your radishes. So So you roast your radishes, and then you take the greens, and you saute them with a little bit of olive oil and chop them up. Saute them with a little olive oil and butter, and then take the roasted radishes out of the oven and toss the two together. It's delicious. I would never have thought of that. No. So you roast your radishes and then you just, and you said cut side down. Mm-hmm. And then olive oil, and you drizzle some olive oil. On. <laughs> olive oil, salt, and pepper. Just like a potato. Yeah. Oh, you cook it until it's soft and, well, you want it to sear the cut side. Right. And they soften up, and then all that bitterness Goes that away. we associate. 
goes away. Mm. There's so many beautiful radishes. Um, I'll try that tonight. You know, the like Easter egg ones, the, Easter the purple egg one. and white yeah. and pink ones. Yeah, those are pretty. So that's another simple recipe. So these are simple recipes that people can do. Sweet potatoes. Mm. Cook up a bunch of sweet potatoes in the way you always do, roast them in foil, and then keep them in your refrigerator. When you're ready to eat them and you're preparing something else, cut them in half, put them cut side down in a nonstick, an organic nonstick cooking mm -hmm. pan, because Teflon's very bad for mm -hmm. you, and let them heat up and caramelize. They're already cooked, oh, yeah. but it's delicious. And then maybe put a little Kerrygold butter and some salt on that. Mm -hmm. And I like, I like fat. I, I think fat's really important. The trifecta of Good health and sustainable health is having the right balance of fiber, fat, and protein mm -hmm. in the diet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the fiber and the fat help people stay fuller longer. And of course, we all we got away from that and everybody started eating a low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet. And mm -hmm. now we know all those carbohydrates turn into sugar in the body and that's making us sick. Mm -hmm. But back to the kitchen intervention... If you're being creative and buying, people forget to buy meals. They buy food, but they don't buy meals. So right. the goal of a kitchen intervention is to set you up for success, to make an environment that supports the ease of making healthy choices and buying foods that are quick to prepare, delicious right. to eat, and utilize more vegetables to support our health. Are you a vegan? I'm not a vegan. So you so you're definitely would do meats and I fish. do. And and meat as as we know now, too much protein, either plant or animal protein, can cause inflammation, unhealthy inflammation in the body. So meat is great in small quantities and again as with all of your foods, you're going to buy the best quality meat. You want hormone-free, grass-fed, free-range I love eggs. I love seafood, but you want to choose very carefully. Mm. So for breakfast, do you have any good ideas for yeah. breakfast? <laughs> yeah. My next segment uh, for Good Morning Washington, I'm doing three different chia puddings. So chia pudding is fantastic because it's inexpensive to make. Mm -hmm. It's simple to make. Right. Get yourself a good quart mason jar. Mm -hmm. Use a blender bowl. You know, the metal blender yes. balls. Use a blender bowl. Two cups of nut milk. Mm -hmm. A half a cup of chia seeds. A tablespoon, maybe a teaspoon, a little more. I like a lot of vanilla. Of vanilla. A tablespoon of maple syrup or however much you want. And then you could put in a tablespoon of cacao. Yes, that's what, you even the nibs, the cacao or, nibs. Yep, or you could put in matcha, which yeah. is green tea powder. Mm -hmm. You can add all kinds of flavorings, but the three I'm making are vanilla, matcha, and cocoa. And you're, then you put those in your in your bottle and you shake it and you shake it really well right. because you need to suspend those chia seeds because they're sticky. Once right. they start to absorb the liquid, let them shake it a couple of times, let it sit in your fridge overnight. 
You can make overnight three, mm-hmm. three of those on Sunday and have chia pudding that you would then serve with pomegranate seeds or, right. or blueberries or blueberries or strawberries, you yeah. know, nutritional berries right. filled with antioxidants, nuts. You can add some walnuts or almonds mm-hmm. or, you know, and mm-hmm. let's not forget Brazil nuts, which are an incredible source of <gasps> right. selenium mm-hmm. that people, you know, they, those used for to be thyroid. in the cocktail mix for thyroid. People, mm-hmm. that us. sounds great. The chia seed pudding. So delicious. You know, and so uh, people love it and they go and they buy it. And that, you know, and this is just something that we could do so simply in our own little mason jar. And the recipes, there are recipes on my website for this. It's super, super easy to make. But people have gotten away from making these things, so they think it's complicated when it's not. So deconstructing things that appear complicated and Mm -hmm. reconstructing them in a simple, doable fashion is taking back yeah. the power for your health. Right. And your health is the linchpin of everything else in your life. So true. Can you explain why matcha powder is good for you? Ah, matcha powder. I love a matcha latte sometimes, which is when I don't want too much caffeine, I'll go for a green tea matcha latte. Mm-hmm. Matcha latte is a powdered form of green tea. And green tea has a tremendous amount of antioxidants mm-hmm. in it. And so the matcha is is really a powerful way of incorporating green tea into your and diet. And you can buy matcha powder mm-hmm. to cook with. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it comes in like a container and add that to different. And again, yeah. here we are, we're gaming up. So you can have just plain old vanilla chia pudding. Right. Or you can add a boost like matcha powder or cacao. Or you can even put things in there like... Well, there's certainly maca, which is another adaptogenic herb. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all, there's no end. So, but what you do, and this all goes back to a kitchen intervention, you start with very basic things. You Mm -hmm. make it simple, you learn a few recipes, and you build on those. Mm -hmm. And you just keep on going. And once Mm -hmm. you learn how to do this, it just gets easier and easier. And all of a sudden, these are your new habits. Right. No, I love that. And you know, just sitting here watching you get so excited about it. <laughs> gets me so, I cannot wait to make this chia pudding. Me too. <laughs> me tons too. of chia seeds at home. So mm-hmm. we ask everyone the same questions at the end of our podcast. And so we wanted to ask you, what book do you think everyone should read? <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> I am a huge fan of Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, he is one of my favorite authors. Too. And Outliers is a book that I read over. And Outliers, the story of success, is a book mm-hmm. I, I probably read that every year. And it explores the reasons why some people have more success in life than others. Mm-hmm. But for me, it makes me take notes and say, well, what can I learn from those people who are having great success and how can I apply that in my life and the lives of others of people I'm trying to help? Hmm. What quote brings you strength and peace? Start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And that's a quote from Arthur Ashe. And it's a simple quote and it brings me peace because Life is so complicated. Life is a tough sport Mm -hmm. and it's hard. We get so overwhelmed by everything that it's important to remember you can only do what you can do in a day. You you have to start where you are. Mm -hmm. You have to use what you have Mm -hmm. and you have to do what you can. And it's it's just it's like for me, it's like a mantra. And I just it brings me back to the present and to doing what I can. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. What would you say to your 30-year-old self, even though you're not very (laughs) past 30, very much past 30? Well, my soon-to-be 60-year-old self (laughs) would um, say to my 30-year-old self, and and this is something I've thought about quite a bit, that I, I do say to my three wonderful kids, now is the time to act on those big ideas. Don't wait but explore them, act on them, be ambitious, be bold. Don't be afraid to fail, mm-hmm. but, but do it now. Because I remember being in my car and listening to an NPR newscast about YouTube and thinking, that is such a good idea. And that would be such a good platform for what I do. And I had three kids in three different schools at that time, and it went out the window. And of course, now I have a YouTube channel. But <laughs> if I had jumped in then, it would be a very different scenario now. So, so now, so I would tell my thirty-year-old self, act on those big, ambitious ideas now. Mm. We've talked about some of your delicious recipes. What's your favorite meal? Well, my favorite meal, I'm not going to say pizza because I do love pizza very much and my husband makes a great pizza. And you will appreciate this because your family has a house in Maine as well. But we do this thing in the summer called Lobster on the Rocks. And we take our, we have a house on an island called Peaks Island and we take our propane cooker to the back shore, the Atlantic side. (laughs) And there's this giant flat rock and we cook up these lobsters and we eat them on the rocks and we throw the shells back (laughs) in the water and we drink rosé and we watch the sun go down. And that is, that is a remarkable experience and really my favorite meal. Mm. And then finally, who would you like to sit next to at dinner tonight if you could sit next to anyone? And I thought long and hard about this question, and I would like to be having lobster on the rocks, and I'd like to have my mom there with me. Mm -hmm. And she passed away in 2012 from breast cancer. And what you realize as you go along in life, there are so many questions I never that I can never get the answers to because she's no longer with us. So I would love to have that opportunity to be on those rocks again, enjoying lobster with her and asking her all the questions that. Oh, what's your mom's name? What's Joy? Joy. Joy. And I'm a Kristen Joy and my daughter's a Jessie Joy. Oh, that's a beautiful name. That's what I love. Kristen, (laughs) you are an absolute delight. It's such a pleasure to be with you. And you're inspiring so many people to take better care of themselves. And that's what we believe in. So thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. The pleasure has been all mine. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well.